Are you happy to be here? I am uh, standing before you as a man uh, who loves God with all of his heart and was essentially, when I came to the Lord, a drug addict. Those of you who don't know my story, it's, I'm not going to go through the whole thing. Uh, but you're looking at somebody who was, was an addict, hated God, hated people who loved God, didn't understand God because I thought God took my father when I was a young man. Gave my life to the Lord in a Pentecostal camp meeting. I'd never been in a Pentecostal camp meeting before. I cussed Perry Stone out in front of 500 people. So in case of you who didn't know, that's a true story. Uh, that really happened. I'm not proud of that, but that's what happened. I got supernaturally transformed that night. I've not done drugs, not drank, not smoked. Cussed a little since then. But I'm the only one in the room that's honest. All of y'all are holy. <laughs> Hadn't been lately, thank God. Usually has to do with church people, but anyway... <laughs> but what I'm telling you is I am a man who was supernaturally touched by God Who laid in the floor for over an hour When I got up was completely changed Had a heavenly experience to the point That I could still smell heaven at times It freaks me out I, I, I freeze And I still have issues And so do you And today we're going to talk about that Okay what happens in church is we get in church and we try to be so holy and we stay on our knees with our hands up. And as long as everybody sees us worship, they don't see our issues. And the truth is, your issues ain't their business. What you're dealing with and struggling with belongs to nobody but you. But the problem is we've created a church culture where people have been so fake with one another, they can't be real with God. And until we begin to break that in ourselves, we can't really understand what it takes to get real before God and see breakthrough. And that's what we want. Amen. I, I want to talk to you, and I'm not going to keep you long, and that's a lie I tell every Sunday. So go to Matthew. <laughs> go to Matthew chapter 9. I remember in the old building, when we first went in there, we'd started in my living room. And it was just a few of us, and Donnie and Sherry were there, and my family. And then we went into the the new building. Then it was new to us, and it was small, but it was huge to us. Then we had been there over a year, and I think the first time that I'd ever preached past thirty minutes, and I mean I preached. And Sherry came up to me after service, and she said, "Pastor, those ten minute sermons are long gone, aren't they?" <laughs> Because when you first start, you don't know. You think you got a book full of notes, and you go through them fast, brother. So any preachers out there, if you think you got enough notes, keep writing. You run out fast. Go to Matthew, Matthew chapter 9. I'm so happy to see you all this morning. Uh, Matthew chapter 9. We're going to start at verse 20. Now, we're, the, the screen is it's going to be a little weird this morning. You're going to be reading from the King James up here than whatever version you have, and I'm reading from a new King James. So just follow along as best you can. Uh, chapter 9, verse 20. And suddenly a woman who had, flowed, uh, who had a flow of blood for 12 years came from behind and touched the hem of his garment. For she said to herself, If I only may touch his garment, I shall be made well. And Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, Be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well from that hour. Stop. Now go to the book of Luke. I want to look at this story from a few different directions today. 8, Luke 8, verse 43. Isn't it good to be, just be comfortable in the house of God? Amen. Now a woman having a flow of blood for 12 years had spent all of her livelihood on physicians. 
and could not be healed by any uh, uh, came from behind and touched the border of his garment and immediately her flow of blood stopped. Now notice that. Notice that immediately the flow stopped. But in the earlier text, Jesus had to speak according to the way it was written and for things to stop. Now, the issue here is not that the Bible's divisive against itself. It's not. The issue is who's writing the books and the way they were written. Uh, the way Luke writes, Luke writes in more of a literal manner of this is what happened. Uh, Matthew and Mark try to write in a perspective of they were, they were lawyers and doctors and they, they wanted to dictate. And this is the outline. This is the rough draft. This is what happened. And when you do things that way, you lose a lot. This is probably the most clear way that this actually happened. Came behind him, touched the border of his garment, and immediately her issue began to stop. And now, here's, here's what's wonderful about that. She had issues, right? Y'all got issues, right? They stopped immediately, right? Would you like for yours to stop immediately? I think we can learn how today. Verse 44 Came from behind, touched the border of his garment, immediately flow stopped. Verse 45, and Jesus said, who touched me? And when all denied it, Peter and those with him said, Master, the multitude strong oppress you, and you say, who touched me? Now, there's, there's a key here that I'm going to come back to. But Jesus said in verse 46, somebody touched me, for I perceive power has gone out of me. And we, we preach that several different ways. And we're going to get to the book of Mark in just a minute. But I want you to see something here. Jesus turned and said, who touched me? And the Bible's very clear from the most literal writer in the Bible that everyone denied. This text all by itself breaks down the mindset that if you screw up once, God done with you. She was completely whole at that moment and immediately denied. Why? Because of religious fear. See, there's a lot that's left out of this story. There's a lot that's left out of this in, a, in terms of, of what was really going on at the time. See, because she was in a place she shouldn't have been with a condition she shouldn't have had. She was around people she shouldn't have been around, holding conversations she shouldn't be having. She was touching men of the faith. She was touching people who preached in synagogues as unclean. She should have been 10 miles out of the camp. She shouldn't have been anywhere around. So the fear was not that she couldn't believe she was healed. The fear was if I say something, they about to kill me. Well, that's the mindset of people. We expect God to heal us and in the next breath we think he's mad at us about something. He's going to strike us dead. And until we can move out of that mindset. See, I've been doing this a long time. I, and, I, and, and, and my background is, is, is a little different than most. I didn't grow up in church. And that's the beauty of my life that I did. I grew up in a Baptist church until I got old enough not to go. I mean, that's a little, I wasn't, I didn't go there to learn. I went there for cookies, y'all, come on. And the juice was awesome. But all we had was puppet shows. And I learned good God, bad devil, which actually, if we could keep that, we could understand a few things. But my background was not being raised in a situation to where I saw church stuff all the time. When you're raised in something like that, I've heard it messes up your view on how you see things. And you become two very real people. You're one way out there and you another way in here. And I've learned over pastoring, I'm just me, good, bad, or ugly. Me and April, we're probably the two most real people y'all ever going to meet. 
Y'all been here, staff, y'all know. If it's a bad day, y'all all know it, praise the Lord. We don't come in and go, praise Jesus, and go in there and yell. We do it out here. <laughs> she said, well, I ain't done it out here. That's what she said. But listen to me now. The beginning of hypocrisy is having two personalities. It's having two sets of friends. It's having two languages. It's not living one way and going to church another way. That's not hypocrisy. My God, you need to be here. Hypocrisy is thinking that staying that way is okay. And she had a learned hypocrisy that when Jesus himself, she, listen, you think she didn't know she was whole? You think that, that dealing, dealing with what she's been dealing with for 12 years, she didn't know something was different? But fear, listen to me now, this is the most important thing you're going to hear today. Fear superseded healing in flesh that's why you live by your spirit because your spirit will understand that healing supersedes your flesh it supersedes any fear the problem is in the pulpit today and for years and it's starting to adjust but for years we've gotten so many good results in trying to pull you to Jesus through fear we've bred in you fear of the one who wants you to love him without fear Everybody kind of got on to me when I, we started doing trunk or treat. Last year was our first year ever doing it. And we never did it, not because we didn't want to do it. We just never had room. And because for years I, I preached against fear. Well, you know, it's Halloween, Pastor. Well, we don't do scary stuff. We do fun stuff. I mean, we're in here random dancing and crank up. at chicken dance. You'll see April's granny in here. I mean, it's just awesome. Hope she don't bust a hip this year. Anyway... There was that line. I went right there. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm backing up. But up from my house, there's a church, huge church, great people, wonderful people. And they do what we call judgment houses. Now, I'm not judging them for doing this, okay? I just have a personal opinion. They have a judgment house, and out in the parking lot, they have cars and fire trucks and trees down. And, and it's all of this fear-based hooks to pull you to Jesus well if there's anything that I've learned it's that whatever you do in one emotion when that emotion subsides you stop and if you come to Jesus through fear and you realize that there's no fear in him or that you don't have to be afraid of him then all of a sudden what you thought is now tainted with what your experience was and you're going to go with your experience not with Jesus so the reason, and I'm not coming against those things. They get, they get people saved like crazy. I hope they go to churches and get taught the word. But the truth is, you don't have to fear a loving father. Amen. This is one of my best friends in the world right here. And he'll tell you, I've been this way for years. He even told me, you just weird, man. You ain't like church people. <laughs> He's been at my house. We've broke bread together. And, and even his people, they're like, that white guy. Am I lying? I ain't lying. Because I just realized when God delivered me, he ain't mad at me. Why would he take somebody like me who had issues? Why would he take somebody who was a drug addict, drank as much as I could? I didn't do needle dope, not because I couldn't, just didn't like it. Tried it, I sold it, just didn't like it. 
Why would God take somebody like me? And am I so special? No. I just needed him. See, Jesus said when she touched the hem of his garment, somebody. He didn't say who. See, the, some of the interpretations say who. That's not what he said. He says somebody. Which means somebody who believed in me. Which means she gave, now listen, you've got to understand there's a very real transfer in the spirit when you're beginning to understand how things work. I have been around people who have been in church their whole life that couldn't tell you how the word works. They know how to worship, they know how to sing, they know how to shout, they know how to run, and those things are great. But let's learn why we do those things. Let's understand we have victory because the word says it. Now, I am telling you, there is a very real celebration in us that should come out. But it shouldn't come out just because it's time for church. It should come out because you know he ain't mad at you. And you know that because you have issues, you get to shout. And because you have issues, you get to praise him. You get to dance in the aisles. You, and well, we ain't seeing that here. Oh, it's coming. Some of y'all going to break free eventually. But here's what's, well, Pastor, you know, I don't know about all that. Well, then you don't worry about it. We'll let somebody go right by you. It's all good. Ain't nobody going to grab you. Don't freak out. But... You're looking at somebody who told God, if you can do anything, do it to me. Change my world. So be careful what you tell him. So I'm a man with issues. And I'm standing there yesterday. I performed a wedding ceremony yesterday. And, you know, it goes, everything goes really well. But, but in the back of my mind, I'm thinking the covenant that's being made right here. And, and we spend all this time on a wedding, and that's wonderful. But the covenant, the agreement, and it was, it was Pilar. Y'all know Pilar. She got married yesterday, and, and I charged them. These were the words I said, and I've never said this in any ceremony in my life. And she can tell you I've never said this before. But I stopped, and I said, the words that you say to each other in this covenant will be what your marriage becomes. And that may, not seem, that may seem like flowery words to you, but that's the truth. The words that we say to each other. See, when you've got two people that come from hell on earth like we did, we had to fight for our marriage. See, see, y'all got perfect marriages. We had to fight for ours. And it took us all of these years to learn that what we say into the marriage is what the marriage becomes. And the truth is very simple. This is what I perceive that virtue's gone out of me. Why? Because... Somebody now, now listen, what does that mean, somebody? That means her faith was on him. Now listen, this is where my word of faith side comes out. She didn't have to touch him to receive. But her faith was in her words. And what was her words? If I but just touch. See, you got to be careful what you say without being led of the Holy Spirit because what you say becomes what you're bound to. When you say something, you're bound to it on this planet because you've been given absolute authority. Because when you speak what the Word says, the heavenly hears what God says. And if you could just understand that if you could get your attitude and your heartbeat lined up with His attitude and heartbeat, then God says, somebody. Somebody just said something. You ever had that moment where all, all hell's breaking loose and then all of a sudden something just happens and it all breaks? It's because you got to your somebody moment. You got past your issues. You got past all your problems and all the reasons why he can't and realize that he just could. 
And because you realize he just can, you step to a place where you just doggone believe that he just can. Well, he believes in, now you believe in him. Now he believes in you. Oh, if you could see the marriage of the spirit, that if you believe in him, he now believes in you. If you could just say what he says, he now believes in you. Because if you believe in what he says, what comes out of you is what he says, which means he can believe in you. Not your issue. Come on, y'all. you got to understand that it's not the issue that's holding you back. It's the fact that you don't even believe in yourself. Well, it's a new age gospel. Shut your mouth and read my Bible. I'm telling you something. I'm trying to get you to understand. In my redneck vernacular, it ain't as hard as you made it. I'm in flying. There's one thing that I hear from Matt Gober, Phil, and even Casper, my instructor. If I can do it, anybody can do it. Now, that don't make me feel real good when we're going about 100 miles an hour in the air. But I'm telling y'all, if I can stand here, my kids know, they know. If I can stand here after everything I've been through in my life and know that God's not mad at me, you can do it. You can do it. You've just got to, and this ain't no feel-good gospel. This is a how to apply it. You've got to understand that your faith has to be settled on the fact that she understood that he was Jesus. She heard all these things about him. And she settled her faith on one thing. She focused on that one thing. And, and, and sadly, it didn't have to go that way. But it is an example. It's an example of if you put your faith in action, things begin to work. She would not let go. She, it, it could have cost her her life. Because if she was where she shouldn't have been, she could have been stoned just like that. It could have cost her everything. And the, Now, here's the beauty of it. Let's look at one more thing. Go to uh, the book of Mark. Go to the book of Mark, chapter 5. And I'm fixing to show you something I have never seen before until an hour ago. I had this message before an hour ago, just saying I saw something an hour ago. Just letting you know. Of course, I have walked up here before wondering what in the world's about to happen. But anyway, Mark, chapter 4. <laughs> Verse 25. Same story, but, but listen. Now, a certain woman with a flow of blood for 12 years had suffered many things from many physicians, spent all that she had. We've all been through, the, we've been through this before. 28, if I may just touch. Uh, 29, immediately the fountain of her blood was stopped or healed. The, verse 30, uh, Jesus said, somebody uh, who touched my clothes. Uh, verse 31, the super, uh, he said again, who touched me? Verse 32, he looked around. And he went through all of this at verse 34. Now, listen. Well, let's read verse 33 because you need to see it. But the woman, this deals with what I just told you, with fear and trembling, knowing what had happened to her. Stop right there. She was whole, but with fear and trembling because she felt like she wasn't good enough to have what had been given to her. Which is the face of the church today. We're beginning to understand faith. We're beginning to understand grace. Now, I wish they would quit warring against each other and realize they work together. <laughs> Maybe it's just me. We understand worship. We understand praise. We understand prayer. We understand all those things. But they all have to work together. That's why the five-fold ministry is so important. It's so important for all facets to work together, not for somebody to say, I'm an apostle, so I'm not going to hang out with you, pastor. It's ridiculous. But she had fear because she didn't think she was worthy of what she had just got. She had it. Do you understand her worthiness had no part in the decision? Oh, come on. Y'all got to see this. 
fearing and trembling because she did what? She knew. She knew she was whole. Come on, y'all. She knew she was whole. And even with all of that wholeness, she had the false mindset that she had to do something better than what she had done to receive it. But that ain't how God works. It ain't got nothing to do with how good you can be. It's got to do with how good he was. It's got to do with what he did for you. Nothing that you do for him. You do things for him because he did all for you. So this is what he said. Verse 34, and he said to her, now, let's, the King James says it this way. And he said to her daughter, Thy faith, say faith, Amen. has made you whole. Go in what? Peace. That's key number one. After you know you got it, you got to have peace to know you got it. Listen, and be whole of thy plague. The New King James says it this way. The New King James says, Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Let me see the, uh, the uh, Amplified. The Amplified says this. God has restored you to health. Go in peace and be continually, there's a key there. I don't have time to go into it. Be continually healed and freed from your distressing bodily disease. I saw something an hour ago that I've never seen before. This word, plague, disease, distress, whatever you want to call it, is the same word that they use when they scourge Jesus. The only difference is there's one word added. The only difference is the active word is that she was slowly scourged. Which means that everything that Jesus went through in a three-day period, everything that he went through in a 12-hour period wrapped around that post, the scourging, his skin being torn off of his body, his organs falling out, she was going, her body was being scourged in the very same way by disease slowly. She was very, it's bad enough to see the passion of the Christ and see what he went through. But imagine that over 12 years. Your body continually arguing with itself and tearing itself apart. Your skin continually falling off of you. An issue continually causing you problems to the point that you can't even function. To the point that you lay there and slap yourself on the head and say, I'd rather be dead than live this way. You ever seen, I've been there, I've been there, I've seen people like that. And she's dealing with something. Now understand this, Jesus saw something in her that he was about to go through. See, because let's, let's not lose the fact that she was being scourged slowly and he was scourged quickly, but he took on all, which means he still experienced what she was experiencing. Which means it has nothing, listen, oh God, listen to me. Your wholeness has nothing to do with your experience. Amen. But everything to do with His. Amen. Because if you can see your issue crucified, because that's really what happened, you realize it's not your issue, it's His. Amen. And when you can say, Jesus, you took this there was blood shed over this. There was a stripe for this. I don't have to deal with this. You've now become somebody. That if you'll just hang on to that and you'll stay, that takes you into this continually healed. Now, let me explain something to you because i got to wrap this up as fast as I can. Some things begin to happen right here. Her body was being slowly torn. Her body was being slowly torn. The blood flow was going. She couldn't be around people. At the moment that her faith 
acted and she touched the hem of his garment, healing took place. Now, now listen, it wasn't just all pretty like you see on TBN movies where all of a sudden they're a leper and their arms hanging off and the next thing somebody's put it back and it's all good. In eye shot of people, her skin peeled back together. Blood went back where it was supposed to go. Listen, this ain't no superhero movie. Y'all understand this happened. You do understand this, right? Her internal organs began to flow the way they were supposed to flow. And that is wonderful. Amen. Praise the Lord. She's healed. But no, 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 no. Those weren't her only issues. She hadn't slept with her husband in 12 years. Her marriage was made whole. She hadn't seen her children in 12 years. Her children were made whole. She couldn't be in the city without it being illegal for 12 years. Her social status changed. She spent all of her money on physicians. Her financial status changed. Her business was now hers again. Do you understand that every issue was taken care of just like that? And I know we're going through stuff. And I know life happens. And I know things go on and they get in our brain. And I know all that. But the truth is... She was somebody and so were you. And if you could just understand that by the blood of Jesus, you're set into a place that whatever slow tearing is going on with you, whatever scourging that's happening with you, it's not yours. It's already been crucified. It's already been put on the cross and been rendered powerless if you would just accept there's a real power that's already made you free. Now, the, the key is not me preaching it to you. It's you accepting it. I know God's not mad at me. You have to know God's not mad at you. See, <laughs> she was in a place she didn't want to be. Now, I'm fixing to, I'm fixing to say some things that, that, that you may disagree with, and that's okay. She was in a place she didn't want to be. She was in a place that made her uncomfortable because she was in a place where her very life was threatened because of what was going on with her. But the point is not that she, she was being threatened. The point is not that she was sick. The point is that she was in a place she didn't want to be, but 12 years ago, that was where she wanted to be. So it's amazing how your comfort level changes. So stop looking at your atmosphere as your problem. Because in a moment, the atmosphere that she was, used to love to be in, and now she's afraid to be in, now she loves to be in again. See, we live life with this outer shell thinking that because of this and because of that, because of the other thing and because of that. Let me tell you something. God don't play fair. <laughs> if he wants you there, you may take the long way around, but he going to get you there. You may, you may be kicking, his, you may be hanging off the edge. And God's trying to get you blessed and you hanging on with your fingernails. What's wrong with y'all? God wants you healed. He wants you happy. He wants you whole. He wants you blessed. And I'm telling you, this mindset that you have to do something to usher it in is so wrong. That is a works mentality. What you need to work on is getting yourself out of the way. When, when her body began to come back together. Now, now this, this is going to blow y'all's mind a little bit. Have y'all ever thought about why... Did Jesus say, daughter, thy faith has made you whole? 
Because if his faith would have made her whole. Now listen, I'm fixing to mess you faith people up. Because y'all think, oh, Jesus, help me. you got to give him something to work with. If it was Jesus' faith that would have made her whole. Now, people are going to argue with me, and y'all, y'all find well and good. I can't prove this by the word, and you can't disprove it. But if it was his faith, she would have gone back to childbearing age. Y'all think about that now. If it was his faith, but it wasn't. Because it's not his faith. It was his action and your faith. See, you think, it, you, think, you think that it's your action and his faith. Well, you ain't hung on no cross yet. It's his action and your faith. If you can understand that because of what he did, it's all yours. Oh, Lord, y'all, y'all. If, if, if I walked in here and threw down a million-dollar check and some of y'all was just $100 in debt, y'all be shouting if I said it's all yours. But because it's church, y'all like, praise the Lord. Good swing, tiger. Come on, y'all. It's all yours. The only thing you have to change is your mindset. The Bible says in Romans, the things that he suffered, the suffering. What is the things that he suffered? He suffered the mind change of a human into a spiritual being to know that all things were his. Dad Hagen used to say, they used to talk about how easygoing he was. Keith Moore talked about this the other night, how easygoing Dad Hagen was. And they would say, Dad Hagen, why are you like this? He's, he was a uh, founder of the Word of Faith years ago. He was, he, he's gone on to heaven now, but why are you so solid? He'd say, because of the, the things I've suffered. Well, the church person would say, oh... He was persecuted for a new movement. I'm being persecuted for my faith. No, no, no. You know what suffering is? Suffering is not getting your way. That's what sucks. If I could break it down into Hebrew, it's not getting your way. If you understand that Jesus had to suffer not getting his way to give you everything, your mindset on how good he is would completely change. Because he could have called down a legion of angels to take him off that cross. How much more could he have done before he ever got to the cross? But he suffered by saying, I want them to have everything. You have access. You have an entrance by faith. You have everything. And she could continually be healed and freed. There's a key here. A lot of people get a good report and are healed, but they're not free. And their words bring it back. And their mouth brings it back. It's a suffering because they're still trying to do it their way. Is this helping you at all? Because if you can understand the very simple fact that within an hour, within 60 minutes, within, within listen, before halftime, some of y'all understand. Before halftime, her life changed. It completely changed. Well, Pastor, what are you saying? Y'all got issues. So do I. But your issues don't disqualify. But you're letting them. Listen, I'm really, I don't want to make you mad. But when you want to stay in your issue, you're doing things your way. Which means you're not suffering right. Are y'all getting this? 
Listen, I'm trying to break all of this down, and I know you guys are much more intelligent than I am, but this is how I have to eat it. Here's what it comes down to. The simple fact that Jesus said, if your father, being evil, if you ask for bread, he's not going to give you a stone or a snake. How much more, I like mo better, how much mo better is God? How much more? The doors, listen to me, the doors are kicked open. Y'all just don't realize it yet. Well, you know, Pastor, if God would just pluck me up and put me right in front of that door and I could see all the treasures of heaven in their mind. No, no, you can't see you're over here because you're not suffering right. Because your way took you there. See, let me explain something to you, and then I'm done. I have been in many situations in ministry over the years. I have been, back when I actually used to try to preach good, (laughs) y'all like, praise God, that's over, yeah. Back when I used to try to, to preach, preach, you know, what we, what, like when we watch TV on TV and I want to be like that, preach. When I used to try, people would, would yo, come preach. And you, we had opportunities. I was on TBN and I did all this stuff. And the truth is, I wasn't suffering right because that's what I wanted. It was not about people. It was about my kingdom. And when your mind changes, that it's really not about your healing or your wholeness. It's about what he did. See, she came to Jesus as a somebody because she knew who he was. And I'm afraid, my pastor says it this way, and and I've adapted this because it's so true. I'm afraid that our churches have gotten to the place that the Jesus of our church is not the Jesus of our Bible. Because the Jesus of our church just loves you right where you're at and challenges you not to change. No. If you've ever, if you've ever had an experience with the Holy Spirit, you're going to change. You're going to change. Because He wants you, but He wants the you He made you to be. Because the you He made you to be has so much waiting on you that you don't see yet. Now, we've made the Holy Spirit look stupid. We've made him look foolish. We've done crazy things. But it doesn't change who he is. Doesn't change what he's here for. Doesn't change the opportunity to walk in the covenant. And the covenant is very simple. And we're going to do this one more time, Nick. Come here, buddy. Me and Nick's been in covenant. He's a carrot maker. Covenant between Nick and I is based on his strength and my strength. Okay? Y'all got that right. Not his weakness and my strength. Which means that if he can shoot and I'm being attacked, he's supposed to shoot people. That's not what I'm saying. But if I can, and I'll take the potatoes and carrots this time. If I can grow food, but he can protect, then his strength is protect. My strength is defeat. Here's the beauty of covenant. Thank you. Here's the beauty of covenant. We make this covenant publicly. The whole village or town or city is supposed to know or here we'd run it in the Daily Mountain Eagle, whatever. But they know that it's based on strength and strength. And if I fail to feed him, I'm out of covenant. The beauty of the covenant you're in was that flesh wasn't involved, except for the flesh that was killed. It was based between Jesus and God. Which means your issues can't stop you. See, you're looking at the covenant wrong. 
You're looking at the covenant as if you have something to do to make it weaker. You can't. That's why you worship. That's why you shout. That's why you let yourself go in the Holy Ghost. That's why you enjoy His presence. That's why you come in here on Sunday and I should have to fight you for a microphone because all the good things that's happening in your life. This bottle of water, I've used this example before, but if I had this bottle of water put in whatever situation, whether it be in an airliner or, or in a bus and you, you took the airliner up or you took a bus to a different altitude, this bottle would change shapes because of the pressure. And you're letting pressure tell you you can't have what the presence says you can. So that ends today. Praise the Lord. God is a good God. And He wants you free. He wants you continually whole. He wants you blessed. And He wants your eyes stayed upon Him, which does what? Come on, word people. Brings perfect peace. Y'all need some peace in your bodies. I love you. I'm a pastor. See, for years I always thought being a pastor was just firing y'all up and get y'all to shout. And if everybody cries and we lay on the floor and God messed us up, then we had a good service. Not if you go home to hell. I'm not doing my job if you go home to hell and don't know how to deal with it. Oh, I'm just going to shout. You better know what you're shouting. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to anoint. I love this as my favorite because these are the people that float. Oh, I'm just going to anoint my house with oil. Why? Do you even know why? You understand those are, those are still self. I don't want to go through my background and all the things I've been through and all the crazy church mess I've been through. But for the first time in my life, I'm around real people. And I'm seeing more results with real people. I can get real people healed. Church people going to die. They can't get nothing. Well, that's not what I was taught. Is your papa the pastor? Oh, I just stepped on somebody right then. Listen to me. Let me explain something to you. Just because they sound like they know what they're talking about, not always true. Just because people say things, there is a reason there's a real spirit of manipulation. And if you, think, if you think that Satan doesn't come as an angel of light. See, we're looking for devils. We're looking for demons. And we're looking for manifestations. We're missing that most of the time it's the person sitting on the third row that tides. It's quiet now, brother. I might need to hand you this mic here in just a minute. Here's what it comes down to. We're not suffering right. We're staying in issues. If you suffer right... And you allow yourself to be molded. The issues subside. She was made whole in 60 minutes. 60 minutes. 60 minutes continually healed and freed. Now here's, here's the greater part. Now listen. Listen now. If you'll read on, and I'm not going to read this to you, but you'll go, on, go home and read it. Not only was she healed, she spent the next God knows how long telling Jesus everything she'd been through. She went from complete fear to total intimacy. Which was Jesus' mark was intimacy to begin with. So it took her a little longer to get there, but she got there. So which phase are you in? Are you trying to suffer correctly? 
Is it your issues that's holding you back? Are you being continually healed? And oh, the truth is, it's not my job to know, but it is my job to pray for you. Now, I want to say this, and then I'm going to wrap this up. We're at a place as a ministry where my job is not to... You know, most of y'all, listen, I, I, we got good people here. Oh, my gosh, we got, such, we got the best people on the planet. Y'all are, y'all are raved about, uh, well, Pastor Dave, 70 people. No, no, you don't understand. All across this country, people talk about this church because of her hospitality and the, the heart you have. All the way to Seattle, Washington, they talk about us. Every minister that's ever been here. But it's time to shift that. Imagine what you can do without issues. Imagine what if you can get past your hang-ups. Imagine getting to the place where wholeness is easy. Let me explain something to you. If, if I can, because I, I'm, I'm pre-diabetic, if I can overeat in a certain area and slip over and be diabetic, full-on needle diabetic, just like that, because of diet, why don't we make spiritual things so hard? If the body can do that, imagine what the spirit can do. But you don't stay there enough. It's easy to be pulled out of where God's taking you. And this is, now I, I'm, I'm as transparent as this water right here. It's easy for me to be pulled out of, because I care about people so much that, that I'm in here trying to get to the place where I can lead you somewhere. Because I care about people, I'll stop what I'm doing, and yeah, come on in, and people dump their whole load on me, and God never said for me to do it. That's an issue. Well, Pastor, you've got to be accessible to your people. Yeah. Yeah. I, listen, I'm not the rock star preacher. I think I've proven that. But the truth is, for us to go where we're going, y'all got to get this. Y'all have got to get that you have authority over your issues. Your issues don't have authority over you. You are somebody to him. And if he sees you as somebody, all he wants is for you to say what he said. Kids get that so readily. Jordan will go in. Uh, our den is, is adjacent to our, girl, our uh, boys' room. And the little guys are in there playing a video game. And Jordan will go in there. And she'll go boldly. And she'll hit one of them usually. And she'll snatch the controller. And, and she'll go, Daddy said I could play. Now, I ain't said nothing. We've heard that over and over and over. And I'm sitting there going, I didn't. But she's understood that if she said Daddy said, they ain't going to argue. Now, put that over into the spirit realm. If you have assurance in your daddy like that, you're not going to question when you're praying for somebody. It's so sad to think that we've created a culture that's afraid to pray for people because we're afraid we'll sound stupid. It's not about how you sound. It's about what you believe. Amen. Stand to your feet with me. Just bow your heads all across this place. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. God, I bless you. Come on, just lift your hands all across the place. Lord, I bless you for your word today. I thank you for what you're doing in our lives. I thank you that although we're a room full of people with issues, that we have an opportunity today to not let those issues rule us. Father, I bless your holy name. And I know that the presence of who you are is in this place to set people free from whatever it is that's held them back. And God, I thank you that we have an opportunity to receive 
just like this woman, we can receive by our faith, by what we expect from you. And we know that it's not our flesh that's holding us back. It's our lack that you love us. So, Lord, I pray for every person in this room to walk in a new place with you. To settle into a new idea of who you are. To understand that you want and desire for us to use the voice that you gave us to release the word. So first and foremost, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I never, ever, 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 ever want to close a service and people not know who Jesus is. With every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking around under the instruction of the Holy Spirit, if you are in this place and you need to be introduced to this Lord, if you need to, uh, well, Pastor, I just don't know this Jesus you're talking about. I sure would love to know. If that's you, if you would like, and, and nobody's going to embarrass you or pull you out, all we want to know is that we're praying with somebody. I would like for you to just lift your hand on the count of three. If that's you, one, two, three, just lift your hands all across the place. Amen. We're all believers in this place then. I need you to settle into this point right here. If you're in this place and you say, Pastor, I know I've got issues. I know I've got things that have held me back. And today I realize that I want to step over that threshold and move into a new place if that's you and you'd like for me to pray with you I'd love to if you'd just come up in the line across the front I want to be able to just minister to you if that's you one, two, three just come on feel free to just step out and come if nobody comes that's okay but if you need prayer we never want to deny you that opportunity so if you need prayer for anything just come and line up across this front Father I thank you for your anointing and I thank you for your grace I thank you for what you're doing Lord